Welcome to Sports Talk with Tonsoni, the Indiana Baseball Edition. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, and along with Chris Feeney, Josh Bennett, Cassidy Palmer, and Carl James, we will be bringing you information on Indiana baseball. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to Talking Hoosier Baseball. This past week was one of great weather, or maybe not great weather, but damaging weather, as the Hoosiers were only able to play two games. Um, so we lost two games to the to the rain, to the cold, uh, one during the week and one on the weekend in our Big Ten opening series, and we had to play a doubleheader, moved up early on Friday against the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Hoosiers split the first two games and then had to get on a bus and face all that uh, snow on the way home. So we're glad that they made it home safely and prepared for a four-game week this week. Recapping the week, game one on Friday, the Hoosiers won the opener 4-2 on the strength of a Jonathan Stever uh, excellent uh, outing on the mound. Stever went seven innings, giving up only one earned run and a couple of hits. The Hoosiers' offense was led by four players uh, with two two hits each. Logan Kalitha, Luke Miller, Ryan Feynman, and Drew Ashley all collected two hits. Kalitha and Matt Lloyd also hit home runs in the winning effort. Game two, unfortunately, went to the Iowa Hawkeyes. The Hoosiers lost 5-1 to one as the offense was held to only two hits by an excellent outing uh, by the Iowa pitcher. Uh, and our starter, Paulie Milto, had an unusual start and gave up some runs early and had to be relieved in the, in the second inning. And things just didn't go uh, IU's way, ending in a split. And there was no chance uh, for the rubber match as the weather, again, unfortunately, um, played a huge part. So the concern for us as fans going forward is what do you do with a baseball team after only playing once in 10 days and also facing wet and cold weather again this week? Uh, what's going to happen to the Hoosiers? And I, I think Coach Limo has got a plan. He has said so in many interviews to keep uh, the Hoosiers active. Uh, our next game was supposed to be Tuesday night. Again, weather has postponed that back to Wednesday, meaning – our Indiana Hoosiers will be playing four straight games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this upcoming week. So we're going to have a shortened version of the podcast today because we didn't have our usual four or five game week. We're going to jump right over to Chris Feeney with the Limo hats for the week. Okay, thanks. Uh, it's a one-day Limo hat. I mean, that was it. There was only one day out of all that time. Uh, we had two games, obviously, like you were saying. Jonathan Stever is the obvious pitching Limo hat. I mean, it has to be. The Joey Donato Award, Limo Hat's got to go to Stever. Seven innings, um, even in a full week. You go seven innings, three hits, one run, you probably would have won it anyway. So Stever gets the Pitcher of the Week Limo Hat. For the Alex Dickerson Award Limo Hat, we're going to go with Logan Kalatha. Got on base four times in just the two games, homered, and he actually had the game-winning RBI uh, for the Friday afternoon game. So Logan Kalatha picks up, I think it's his second uh, Limo Hat, as far as offensive, and Jonathan Stever also uh, his second pitching Limo hat. As far as the defensive player, I'm going to go with Justin Walker. I uh, played a solid second base Friday afternoon, starting for the Hoosiers, obviously. Uh, that's not his position. You know what I'm saying? He's a shortstop, a uh, true shortstop for high school. Uh, he came over to us. He moves over to second base, obviously, with Jeremy at short. But uh, he plays a solid second base. And, and, I mean, not that I'm in charge of anything, but I think he should be there every day. Um, he is smooth as can be over there. 
And it was great to see him play a solid, nothing spectacular, but a solid game on Friday. And in the eighth inning, uh, in the second game, we, he was able to fill in for Jeremy for defense. They were able to pinch hit for Jeremy, for Sam Crail gets hit by a pitch. Kalita gets another hit. We had first and second, nobody out for the big guys. And to have Walker on the bench to be able to move in at shortstop if he doesn't start, and he plays a great second base. So he's going to get the defensive player of the week, Limo Hat. So that's Kalatha, Stever, and Walker for week six. And speaking of limo hats, there's a promotion this Friday to oh, get your yes, there is. get your own limo hat if you're one of the first 200, 250. They're going 250. 250 into the BART. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a 6 o'clock start tentatively right now. You always have to be aware of, of those changes, but you can get your own limo hat, and then oh, you yeah. can wear it. Wear it to the tailgate on Saturday uh, that we'll explain here a little bit later that this group is going to have. And normally at this point, we would go around the horn and offer up some cheese hats. But we decided, again, that uh, we're going to abbreviate the show uh, because the schedule has been abbreviated. And we're going to we're going to pass on the cheese hats tonight. But there's a lot of good efforts for our Hoosiers so far this year. And and we hope that we can get back to a, a regular show and a regular week as soon as possible. So we're going to add a different segment here this week just to talk a little baseball, what's working and, and, and what's kind of a concern for ours, a little baseball talk, if you will. And so we're going to throw it around the horn here, and, and each uh, panelist is going to throw in. I, what's working from me, from my vantage point right now, is a veteran team with a lot of depth, uh, both on the mound and, and the bats. Uh, you've seen a lot of victories, uh, either well-pitched uh, games that kept us in tight ball games and timely hitting, or we've had some uh, games where we've really exploded with the bats. I I think we are a deep ball club. I think that's working. My concern, and and I'll be interested to see if anyone else agrees or disagrees, it just seems that we're lacking a little execution that a top team has right now, especially in the bunting game and the moving runners Mm -hmm. along game. It seems like when Coach uh, Lamonis calls for it, we're not able to execute it. Uh, And then uh, we're grounded into some double plays. And then it seems like our errors aren't horrible, uh, but again, uh, there's been some times, and especially in losses, where we've had some errors that have lead to innings, and I just don't have a good vibe yet of us being the top-notch defensive team to support our pitching staff. So that, that's a concern. The execution part of the game right now, the skill part is there, the depth part is there, the execution part needs to get moving uh, a little bit from this fan, not a coach, not a player, but this fan's perspective. Um Josh, would you like to take uh, take it first? Uh, what's working? What's not working? Uh, yeah, I think what's working. What Chris did with his uh, limo hat defensively, Justin Walker at second base. I think he looks good there. Um, I'd like to see him get an extended run. I know you're giving up a little bit with the bat on that, but uh, he made a really good double play on a ball towards first base, throwing off his back foot, and, and him and Jeremy just have a have potential to be really special to watch. Up the middle. I was a second baseman at shortstop, so that's, you know, I, chemistry is a big thing. Um, knowing where your guy's going to be and the more reps they get together, I think that'll form, and, and I think what we may sacrifice on offense will be made up for defensively because this, this staff gets a lot of ground balls, so up the middle, defense is important. Um, and then I'll echo Brian on the execution. The I didn't have a big bat, but I could bunt. And the bunting has been <laughs> driving me insane. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll take the defense for what the what the what that's we've missed, um, even with the execution on some bunts. But 
that's got to improve. Um, so those are my two. Well, I appreciate you agreeing with me, and I'm going to agree right back with you about the second base situation. Um, you, you know, as fans and, and as our listeners, we, we love everyone who puts on an Indiana baseball uniform, probably to a fault, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, at times there, there has to come, uh, you know, we're five, six weeks, seven weeks in. Who's going to get that second base on a regular basis? Does that allow a little bit more um, chemistry, as Josh said, I think is an excellent terminology there for especially middle infielders and turning to and helping our pitching staff. And we're not always going to blow people out. We're going to be in close games and run prevention. Uh, having good, strong, up-the-middle defense is is really important. And that second base thing, uh, you know, can can needs to be worked out. Cassie, uh, what's working for you and what's not working for you at this point in the Indiana baseball season? So I'm going to take my obvious one that I came up with for what's working, and it's Kalitha at leadoff. He he is working there. He gets on base almost half the time. He has on base percentage of 490, and he gets free passes, so walks or HBPs, about 25% plate appearances, which is absolutely nuts. He has uh, 13 walks and 12 HBPs, and and that is just that's exactly what you need in a leadoff guy. Um, what's not working quite so well is the at-bats with runners on third and fewer than two outs. Uh, in those at-bats, the team is striking out about 40% of the time, which is way, way, way too high. We're leaving runs on third base. Uh, but that, to be fair, that also does not include uh, things that aren't at-bats. So walks, HBPs, sacks. We've, we have had some of those, but still, and striking out in 40% of the at-bats with runners on third and fewer than two outs is not a good thing. And, and it comes back to, to Cassie, you, you said two things about execution. One is that when the leadoff uh, batter gets on base mm-hmm. for our big hitters, that part of the execution, that's been working. Again, mm-hmm. are we getting runners moved over into scoring position when they are in scoring position, especially at third base, unless then, then uh, two outs get that productive out if you're not going to get a hit? Mm-hmm. Those are things that will make us as a, a team as good as we possibly can be, and, and we're just looking forward to I think that's very good observation. Carl, we're going to send it to you for what, what's working and what's not working at this point of the season. I would say the biggest thing that is working – uh, that is really imp- and it has improved is starting pitching. So the ability of the starting pitching, I th- I think the roles are defined. We know for the most part who's who's in it in which roles and on which days. Um, and the starting pitching is solid and consistent enough, um, along with the bullpen, which we're we're really feeling good about that that this team has a chance to win each and every single game that it plays. They've been keeping it in. In fact, Cassie, Cassie might be able to correct me on this, but I think we what eight is the most runs given up, and that was in one game. Um, Something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty phenomenal number to have produced uh, over over the course of the season. What I feel is a, is a struggle is that even in games in which the the pitching has done its job, uh, a a really good outing from an opposing pitcher. Um, has managed to just befuddle the offense from time to time. So I wouldn't say it's an overall offensive problem, but it's just like sometimes there's just one guy just completely befuddles the team. 
And this is a guy that typically doesn't befuddle other teams. And I, I don't know what the answer is to that, but that's the, I, I would like to be able to see, you know, find some way to chip away at these guys or at least run the pitch counts up and get to the bullpen or whatever it is that needs to be done um, to, to make it to where, you know, when we do only give up three runs that, that, that should be a game that, that the number 11 team in the country should win. So Carl, do you think, um, I, I like that. Do you think that's we're we're a little victim of our own success when in the first two or three weeks we came from behind and won some games and, and, and you've, you've seen over the years what this offense can do that mm-hmm. when we do get into that one rut for that one game, are we a little victim of, of our expectations? Uh, or is it something bigger than that? Do you think it's not new? I mean, this problem existed last year. Look at the the games, like the game against, uh, um, I think it was at Penn State, and I mean there Ohio were, State. yeah, it was just it was look against guys who were the you know teams that were bottom of the barrel were 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 beating us with their Friday night guy, and we had Stever pitching a good game against them, and we and they just you know squeaked it out. I just. I, again, I don't know what it is. I can't point to it. I just, it's just one of those things. I think it's frustrating. You just, you see that some guy gets their number and it's like, we just got to hope that we'll, that we'll run him by the sixth. And if we don't, it feels like we're in a really bad, bad situation. I, I would. And again, we're fans. I, I would think some of that comes to the the execution with runners on base, whether that's moving a runner over, whether that's bunting, um, you know, and again, easy for us to be in our, you know, in our houses and talking about hitting yeah. the ball to the right side and moving <laughs> a runner over. And when you have a really good pitcher on the mound, that probably makes it even harder because they're trying to prevent you from doing that very, very thing. Yeah. But um, that is something that I'd like to see us eke out. You know, you're going to see good pitching, but with this, we should be able to move a guy over into second or from second to third and then get a fly ball or then get that key hit. Um, and that's just something I'd like, I agree. I'd like to see us, uh, chip away because, you know, in a regional and, and in a super regional and wherever else you go to play in tournament time, you are going to run into solid pitching over and over and over again. And, and it can't just be the bash brothers hitting balls out of the park, eight, nothing all the time. You got to be able to win some close ones and you got to win some close ones from uh, being ahead, not just coming from behind late in the, in the, in the game, you got to manufacture those runs one run at a time if you can't get crooked number innings. Uh, the, excellent the point. The elite teams do that. If we want to be elite, that's what we our next step. I agree. You can't you can't leave opportunities um, against quality pitching uh, if you're going to be elite. Uh, Chris, you're, what's working and what's not working? Uh, for me, what's working is definitely a lot of the new faces. Uh, Connor Manis on the mound, Tommy Summer on the mound, Logan Kalefa. I mean, he's a new face, not a freshman, but obviously he's working. Elijah Dunham, I feel like we don't talk about him enough at bat. You know what I'm saying? He's had a lot of good at-bats, driven in a lot of runs. Um, and he's a freshman. You know, this is his first time D1 ball. So, and why cross? Another new face, given Feynman some days off. He hasn't really had that opportunity since we've known him. I mean, to, so a lot of new faces to me have, have worked, and, and that goes to the coaching staff and recruiting and the whole thing. You know, we've brought in some, some quality kids from what it seems like. Um, a Drew Ashley could play different possessions, a uh, multi-hit game the other day. A lot of a lot of good players, a lot of athletic guys who can play in different spots. You know, you can mix and match the puzzle late in the game if you need to. Um, again, I would like a solid starting nine, but you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world if you have to mix and match a little bit. 
Um, would I mix and match up the middle? <laughs> no, but in other areas, maybe. Um, the, uh, Josh touched on it. The relationship between the second baseman and the shortstop is probably pretty important, um, knowing who's going to be next to you. But as far as – and again, there's your another new face, Justin Walker. So to me, the new faces have really worked. As far as what isn't working, I mean, what were we, like 15 and 4? So, you know, a lot of things are working. But uh, I got to say, the bullpens are going to get a lot better. Um, and we've won a lot of games out of bullpens. So, you know, maybe some quicker starts or, or not having to count on that comeback from the seventh inning on all the time. Because these bullpens, you know, Big Ten bullpens are better. <laughs> I get news for you. These next four games have a lot of arms. These are probably the best arms we've seen. Because um, we didn't play a series against Coastal. We didn't play a series against Oklahoma. It was just those one game. But, you know, having to scratch stuff out from the seventh thing on, when you do it, it's fun. It's exciting. You beat them. But, you know, being up 6 nothing in the fourth is fun, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Josh, we're going to send it to you. Talk a little bit about our uh, second tailgate of the year. It will be happening on uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I'd like to invite everyone out um, on Saturday the, for the second Talking Hoosier Baseball, iubase.com tailgate. Um, the game is Butler at 1. We're going to start setting up about 9 o'clock. And since we had to cancel um, last week's tailgate due to weather, we've decided to upgrade a little bit. and We've got a big 10 by 15 candy stripe canopy coming. So even <laughs> if it's raining or windy, We'll be out there anyway. So, uh, again, 9 o'clock on Saturday for the 1 o'clock start on Butler. We'll be setting up. Uh, if you park in the purple lot um, to the west of the stadium, you'll have to walk right by us. We'll be up there by the sidewalk behind home plate. Um, we haven't really discussed menu yet, but last time we were going to do some Italian sausages and brats, so I think that's probably what we'll try to do. But, again, Saturday, tailgate, rain or shine, we'll be there. And we're going to try to set up as close to uh, home plate or the walkway up to to where you get your tickets. But if not, we'll be uh, close to the road, uh, closest to uh, Bart Kaufman, somewhere uh, where we can see people as they walk up. We we like to say hello, uh, bring something to drink, bring your chair. It's family friendly. Uh, we'll have a little bit of music playing and sitting around just uh, chit-chatting about how awesome Bart Kaufman Stadium is and how awesome our Indiana Hoosiers are. We'd love to see everyone out there. Uh, sometime before uh, 1 o'clock, so check us out. Next week, uh, Indiana plays four straight games. Uh, Tuesday, they were scheduled to play at Indiana State. That game has been moved to Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, a three-game series against Butler. And, uh, Chris, do you have the preview, or is this uh, – you got the preview. Got Here's yep. what we got coming up this week. All right, so – so Indiana State, like Brian said, is now Wednesday. They're the Sycamores out of the Missouri uh, Valley Conference. They've won nine in a row. They're 14 and five, and their RPI is 24. So, you know, this would be a nice win if uh, we can get it. They're undefeated at home. They're 4-0, so we can throw one up there for them. And uh, let's see. They swept a doubleheader against Xavier on Friday. They played a doubleheader just like we did, and then they got their Sunday canceled uh, as well. So – They've had five games. This team scores a lot of runs. They have five games where they've scored double digits. One game they scored 21 runs. One game they scored 17 runs. So this team is really, uh, the bats are working for them. Uh, let's see. We don't know who's pitching for them, but I went back through a couple of midweeks, and I found a midweek against Vanderbilt uh, and a Tyler Ward pitched. He went six innings, struck out eight. Um, Vandy ended up coming back, but when he left the game, they were winning. Uh, 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him. Uh, they have a big-time closer, Ethan Larrison. He has seven saves and a 1.54 ERA. So let's not be down a couple runs in the ninth. Uh, <laughs> 23 innings, 22 strikeouts. You know, so, you know, big, big-time closer. They have nine different guys with home runs. Romeo Harris seems to be their big uh, hitter, five home runs, 22 RBIs. They have eight different guys that can uh, steal a bag, you know, eight guys with stolen bases. Uh, Dean Totlin has four steals already, so they can run, they can hit homers, and they can pitch. So this should be uh, an exciting game. Uh, as far as alumni, eh, there was that basketball player that played for them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know Larry Bird. I doubt he's going to be there, but, you know, you never know. If you attend the game, maybe Larry Bird will be there. A uh, couple of major leaguers, Clint Barmas and Joe Thatcher, are sycamores as well. And you might run into a uh, Brett Tonsoni, maybe if he doesn't have some <laughs> some managerial duties on on Wednesday. But that's true. That's true. The the uh, IU basket, <laughs> the basketball manager for the Sycamores. He might yeah. be there in his big winter coat. He might wear the big winter coat. You never know. <laughs> I, I do appreciate you guys checking on him because he's been known not to wear. I heard about that. I heard about that. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on to the Butler Bulldogs. They're now in the Big East. Uh, in case people didn't know, I know they've bounced around through different conferences and stuff like that. But they're in the Big East. They're 16-4. and four. So another, another team playing really good. Uh, let's see. They're 3-1 and one on the road. So they haven't played that many road games. They played a ton of neutral games. They're like 9-1 and one in neutral uh, sites. But as far as true roads, they're 3-1. Uh, and one. We played them last year, and they got us. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the game. We were down like 5 nothing. We made a comeback. I think we got it to one run. Then they hit a home run in the ninth. And then, if I remember right, I think it was Lloyd. Somebody hit a deep fly ball to left. The outfielder lost it. We had some guys on base. And we had the tying run to the plate, but we didn't get it done, and we lost 7-5 at the BART. So now they get three games at the BART now. Uh, let's see. They've had four out of their last six games canceled due to weather. So it's not like they've been playing a lot either. Uh, in their last game, they lost to uh, Valparaiso. As far as their big players, Tyler Houston, he leads them in hits. He's from Brownsburg, Indiana. Oh, that's another thing. Like three-quarters of this team is from Indiana. And I bet 100% of those guys wanted to be Hoosiers. So this is going to be their Super Bowl, I would think. Um, so I would think they're real jacked up for this weekend to come in here and, and win. Uh, Garrett Chrisman. Looks like he's a two-way guy because he leads the team in RBIs with 23, and he's their Saturday guy, their number two starter. So uh, we also have the number one starter is Connor Mitchell. He's got a 2.04 ERA, 39 Ks. He's at a playing field in Indiana. And then we got a Michael Hartnagel. He has a 19-game on-base streak, and he has six steals. So Feynman, maybe five times we'll throw him out. Four or five times we'll get him. Uh, something else with their pitching staff. They have plus 101 strikeouts to walks. So now I'm not into stats as much as like Cassie is, but if you have 171 strikeouts and only like 60 something walks, that's probably pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, plus 101. I thought I was, I looked at it like three times because I'm like, that can't be. But apparently that's where they're at right now. Um, and because of all these strikeouts, they don't give up too many runs. Uh, what are they, 16 and four? So 20 games. They've only given up more than four runs three times. You know, these guys are not giving up runs. Uh, and in a, a kind of a weird fact, they're eighth in the NCAA in triples. So, I don't know. 
They only have eight triple. I mean, that's eight triples. I guess is a lot right now for twenty games because their eighth, their eight triples puts them eighth in the NCAA. Uh, they steal a lot, uh, and they're pretty productive with it. They have twenty-one steals and twenty-seven chances. So they're a running team. Feynman's going to get them. I know that. <laughs> uh, their closer, Jack Pilcher, he has three saves and a five ERA, and he's given up a bunch of long balls. So he might not be as difficult to come back on as the Sycamore closer, but I say we don't risk that anyway. You know, let's be winning in the ninth <laughs> and not worry about it. But again, these are, these are some four big games. I really hope they all get played. Uh, I won't be at any of them, obviously. Uh, I'm going to be in New York for Mets opening day weekend, but this is going to be a big time series against Butler. Uh, you know, as far as their alumni who might visit the bar, you got Ed Carpenter. Apparently he's a car racer. Not really into car racing, but apparently this guy's pretty good. Uh, Pat Nishek from the Phillies. Uh, he started for a while, but I think he's more of a bullpen guy now. And then Gordon Hayward, most people know him, uh, rehabbing for the Celtics right now. So just to go over the uh, promotions, because, again, this is a big weekend. Thursday, okay, is the uh, Pink IU shirt day. You're going to give out 500 pink shirts. you got to get there early, though. You know, 6 o'clock start. They open the doors at 4, and there's only – well, actually, there's 500 shirts. Wow. How come there's not 500 Limo hats? There's only 250 <laughs> Limo hats. Oh, man. Uh, so Friday, 6 o'clock start. Doors open at 4. You know, start lining up at noon or whatever if you think there's going to be a lot of people there for the Limo hats. Uh, and then Saturday, 4 p.m. Uh, not 4 p.m. That's a 1 p.m. start. But at around 4, assuming about a three-hour game, they're going to do the Easter egg hunt. So uh, that's always a good time. My daughter did it uh, most years, and it, they do a nice job. They bring them out on the field. They lay all the eggs out. They'll separate it, like older kids, younger kids. So you're not going to have, like, a 10-year-old fighting a 2-year-old for an egg. Um, it's 12 and under, but they split it up pretty good. It's a fun thing. Uh, I think one year, uh, if I remember right, Tony Butler, our defensive player of the uh, year award, Limo Hot Man, hit a walk-off shot, and then we went and picked up the <laughs> eggs. It was fun. But, uh, a lot of good things. Your, yeah. Yeah, a, lot a lot of good of things going on at the bar, a lot of promotions, and uh, a chance to get back into some rhythm here for our Hoosiers. Um, quick show tonight. We're going to go to final stats. Uh, our, our RPI and stats info are going to be here in this section, so we're going to throw it over uh, to Cassie real quick, your final thoughts, and uh, a quick something about stats this week. Yeah, so first, uh, to go off of Chris, uh, the Hoosier pitchers have 107 more strikeouts compared to walks at the moment. Oh, wow. So we're even better so, than that. Yeah. So it's wow, right. pretty even. So that's good. Yeah. Oh, um, good. yeah. So final thoughts. Um, it was so bizarre to have a Saturday and Sunday with no baseball in the middle of the season. But that I don't see that happening too many more times other than probably a free Sunday this week with the shifted schedule. But on the stats, I was really interested to see, now that we've got some wins, some losses, and things are, I'm starting to get more numbers in both categories. Um, I, I wanted to look at some of the stats there. And obviously, your runs and your runs given up are going to be different in, in uh, wins versus losses. We are... Scoring actually 4.2 fewer runs in losses than wins, which is pretty extreme. Uh, but we're also giving up almost three more runs in losses. 
Um, but we're actually giving up more unearned runs in wins. And, and so that it could be big in close games as we've talked about before, but as of now, the errors aren't hurting us too much overall. Um, the offense is also obviously striking out more in losses, about two more strikeouts uh, than in wins. Uh, but oddly enough, the pitchers are striking more batters out in losses, just barely, about half a strikeout difference. And that's not very big, but it stood out to me as kind of opposite of what I would think. But a possible explanation could be that in these losses, the pitchers are throwing more strikes, which are either being hit really, really hard or completely missed. And so you're getting high run totals and also high strikeouts. Uh, this is sort of possibly negated by the fact that they're also issuing almost twice as many walks in losses compared to victories. Uh, about four, four walks in losses, about two in wins. Um, the other thing that struck me as kind of odd was the bats are slightly more aggressive in wins. Uh, about 3.5 pitches per plate appearance in wins, 3.9 pitches per plate appearance in losses. And that seemed backward to me because it seemed like some of the best offensive output games that we've had, they were patient. They were taking five, six pitches in that bat and they were doing really well. Um, but the numbers aren't playing playing out like that over this season so far. So that'll be interesting to see see if it stays that way where aggressive leads to wins. I think there's a lot of good stats there that lead to our execution issue that we've all talked mm -hmm. about in different areas from mm -hmm. from the airs to the patience uh, number of pitches seen to the strikeouts and losses, uh, not moving runners, not getting the key hit. So those are some things that we'd like to see even out. Um, that, that's some interesting uh, information there. Carl, um, we've talked a little bit about cancellation and what it does to RPI. You got any quick information on RPI along with your final thoughts? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, um, yeah, the cancellations have, have gotten – have given me an opportunity to rerun a lot of models and numbers to try to, try to figure out where we're sitting. Um, the opponent win-loss uh, continues to go in a bad direction. Um, and I'm not exactly sure, you know, I can't really pinpoint a specific issue that, that's causing that, but uh, our opponents are not winning as much as I think we would like them to do. Um, however, it's still, it's, they're still above the overall rate for last year. So it's not like it's absolutely bad, but it's, it's just, it's just trending in a, in a negative direction. Um, uh, I've been, uh, I've been looking at the, uh, at Boyd's World's deeds report, I'm kind of matching that up with my model um, and realizing that, you know, as we, most of the games that have been canceled have been games that should have, would have been expected to be wins. I don't think the impact has been huge, but of course the total wins at the end of the year are going to be less just because there's fewer games. Um, but uh, I'm looking at really, I guess, two specific categories in the needs report, which is the top 32 uh, which is the the wins needed in order to get a two seed, and I'm not including the Big Ten tournament in this. Um, so this would be in a position to get a two seed going into the Big Ten tournament, which could be impacted positively or negatively 
above that. And that would be a record of 21 and 11 going forward from this day forward. Um, for a regional host, that number is 26 and six, uh, which is a which is a very tough road to, to only get six losses. And I kind of actually tried to pick them out. So I, I selected these six games as the acceptable losses. Um, one in the Butler series, one in the Ohio State series, one in the Illinois series, one in the Minnesota series, uh, uh, Kentucky midweek, and one in the Nebraska series. I meant I skipped over a few series, and those series would have to be sweeps in order to be looking at bleachers. Um, that is with the current um, opponent win loss that could change dramatically. So I have to, you know, I have to throw that out there, and it also could change as to just where our teams located within the top echelons of the RPI. It could be that where teams are bun- bunched up could end up differently as far as the ranks go. But uh, that that is a little tough. But if you look at the other one to qualify for a for a top thirty two seed, twenty one and eleven, uh, th- this team's on a better clip than that right now. And if they can get solid in w- the warm months uh, against the big the Big Ten, win a Big Ten championship, um, maybe fall somewhere in between there. Maybe there's a there's a chance for a hosting situation. But that's what I'm looking at from the needs report. And uh, again, this is just March. So this is going to be a much, much more accurate picture in a, in a few weeks. And I'll continue to track that. Be interesting to see with we have four teams that uh, we're probably the fourth team in this. But Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Louisville and Indiana have been teams that have in the last five or six years hosted. And you wonder, in comparison to what's going all around the, the country, do all four of those, if they deserve it, get host sites, or is it down to two, three? What what the NCA likes to do with that? That'd be something I think to to watch. Josh, uh, final thoughts on this shortened week? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd like to uh, wish Mister New York, uh, Lazy Mary, a safe travel out to Shea Stadium. I can't believe his dedication, wanting to go all the way out there to watch my 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 <laughs> Carl's or Cassie's. Uh, Cardinals just spank him to open. You see his pitching, right? Major league. You see who we got in the mouth. Do the Mets. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I got no anyway. problem. I'm okay. <laughs> Seriously, safe travels. Uh, we'll miss you this weekend. But uh, thank you. Yeah, I admire the dedication. <laughs> Twenty years in a row, Mister Feeney. Your last <laughs> thoughts on this week. Uh, final thoughts. I'm excited about the trip. 21st opening day in a row. See my New York guys. Uh, have a good time there. Obviously, I'm going to be paying attention to what's happening back here. And uh, I did want to uh, give a quick shout out to the man who took a six hour commute to call those baseball games for us. Greg Murray. He woke up. He drove six hours. He called the doubleheader and he drove six hours home. That, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, and he called a great doubleheader. Did we win both? No. But, you know, listening to him on the call is great. And the dedication. I mean, he knew he wasn't coming. He knew he wasn't staying. He had Sunday basketball. So the cancellation had nothing to do with that. He was doing that anyway. So to drive six hours to work to call a baseball game for some fans, that's big-time stuff. Thanks, Greg. Yep. 
Yeah, thanks, Greg. My my final thoughts. I'm going to share something Carl shared before we went on air about the relievers uh, getting back into a good rhythm with uh, only uh, two games in ten days and some weather cancellations. That will be something I think that we all need to watch in this four game stretch. Uh, who starts on Wednesday? What the what the relievers are? Hopefully, um, if we start uh, Stever on Thursday and Milto on Friday, they go long so that we have bullpen on the first game and the fourth game, as Carl mentioned earlier. I think that's something uh, that I, I just wanted to make sure everyone uh, had heard. Uh, that's excellent analysis from Carl. So a uh, shortened version, uh, that'll do it for Talking Hoosier Baseball. Please find all of these podcasts on Sports Talk with Tonsoni, which can be found on your favorite podcast source, as well as under the Talking Hoosier Baseball tab at iubase.com. Please follow iubase.com on Twitter. The handle is at iubase 17 Follow Talking Hoosier Baseball Podcast on Twitter, and the handle is at CUAtTheBart. And visit IUBase.com to see other articles and other posts from this excellent group of people. For the gang, I'm Brian Tonsoni. Go Hoosiers. See you at the BART.